So over the past few years, I've noticed a bit of an emerging pattern with the attitude towards photography and photographers in general, the value that they bring to the work that they do. That all kind of came to a head over the last few weeks with a few situations which I'll elaborate on as we go here. I've got Carl with me who was on the podcast previously, one of my all-time favorite photographers, a phenomenal photographer in his own right, and also probably going to be a good uh, yin to my yang on this because I tend to be a pessimistic, <laughs> miserable bastard, and he's very much of the positive American variety, although I'm not sure if I'm catching him at the right time, but we're going to find out. I guess before we get started, just in your sort of experience, Kyle, do you feel like photography is a profession that's kind of respected for the work that it, it does? You know, I, I I think there's a subset of people now that do. I mean, before when photography took a lot more skill or a lot more expertise with equipment, equipment was less prevalent. Uh, when, you know, it was uh, not everybody and their second cousin had a, an incredible smartphone or with them or, uh, you know, DSLRs weren't $200 a piece. Um, so I, I think that it was it probably more respected. Everybody respected it sort of uh, at, at a level um, because because it was a craft that not everybody had access to or ha- was trained to perform. It was a skilled set, you know, it, was, it included skill set. And I think um, a lot of us in the in the community and in in the uh, in the field, you know, we we recognize the difference between you know uh, skill sets and, and talent and, and vision and 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 those types of things. And so, um, it's something if you, if you don't appreciate photos really, like a photographer or an artist does, or or other people just like art, then then yeah, I think for for that that side of the, uh, you know, that side of the community, then they're, they're going to look at this, like, uh, they'll have less respect for the field in general, but for those who are really, uh, love art in general, uh, they see the difference. I think I, I know they do, you know, I, I have to believe they do, at least. but, uh, you know, it's, it's like saying how many people enjoy the opera or, you know, going and looking at the museum and seeing beautiful paintings or something like that. It's not everybody. It's a subset. I guess the difference there, though, would be the idea that there are, you know, billions of people that walk around daily with a camera right on them. So they're always in the position to take a photo if need be. And opera would be kind of a subgenre of music or a subgenre of theatre, depending on kind of your perspective. With photography, it feels like, and at some point I'm going to have to dive into one of these stories that I've kind of endured the last few weeks, but it almost feels like, to your point there, like a lot of people see the overpowered nature of modern cameras like i i use a sony i almost i'm 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 a i'm a passenger when i'm out taking pictures of a sony it does everything for you if you want it to and they're coming in at such a low price that it kind of gets to the point where that like you said the skills kind of lost because it's not as hard as it used to be i guess and and the skills that are appreciated by photographers who know what they're looking at aren't necessarily skills that are going to be acknowledged by people who aren't involved in photography themselves yeah and i think you know it's just like any any other well so let's go back to the um you know the comment on the museum and the and the uh, the genre of opera and stuff i, I guess I'm, what i'm saying is that people who really enjoy art in general whatever format that is they're, they're still going to be they're, they're still going to see a difference i think with photographers work and they're going to appreciate the skill and and, and the, um you know the the job basically um those who don't appreciate art probably wouldn't see the difference between what, what you and I would consider a, a, you know, a very nice photograph or something meaningful in a photograph versus here's a snapshot or a picture off my phone. They wouldn't be able to discern the difference. So for them, there's no difference. So, so I'd say in general, you know, you either appreciate art and you, you, you appreciate something beautiful and, and meaningful or interesting or something that conveys something or you don't. And, and it's just a, you know, it's, it's a digital record of whatever happened. Um, yeah, it, it, things are so much easier than they used to be. And, and it's easy to get something that looks sort of what people consider professional grade, you know, when you blow out the background and you get all this bokeh and, and you know, things look, look expensive because only if an expensive camera could do that in the past. Now that's coming out everywhere. But, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't. Uh, and, and well, I think the other thing that adds to it is that uh, a lot of so many people are getting really, really good at Photoshop or artificial intelligence in some of these softwares to try and replicate what good lighting would be 
even if you didn't have it when you took the photograph or you don't know what good light is when you take a photograph, you know, and so you just put them in this magic application and, and things look like it's, you know, professionally lit or lit well and, and, and interesting. And so that's, it's kind of irritating for me, you know, but. I feel like where people stop appreciating the skill level or where the skill levels appreciation generally it diminishes, that's where you really find out who's passionate. But the problem is, like you're mentioning, this artificial intelligence or the the cameras that are essentially spaceships, you know, with with lenses on because they just do everything for you. It kind of nixes that idea that only the passionate would survive because the skill set's diminishing. Well, you know, now there's so much technology that's kind of acting as crutches for different photographers. And on a podcast where I intend to talk about the value of photography, it's probably bad that my my starting point is that there's so many that are using crutches to look good. But the the idea that, you know, you have this machine that does everything for you, you then put it into a computer, the computer has a load of inbuilt presets, or you can buy them, or you can do whatever you want. And it comes out looking like you knew what you were doing. There's all these different ways of cloaking the the lack of knowledge that maybe the passionate ones are the ones that give up at, the, at this rate. Because if if what's you know, easily achievable is what's popular. And if the hard work that you put in as a photographer is ignored, you know, where does the drive to keep going come from? Uh, well, that's, that's, I mean, I don't, I, you know, I'm not going to lie when people like an image of mine on Instagram or some other social platform, you know, it, 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 it gives you a little shot of adrenaline. There's no, there's no lie about that. I'm, all of us feel that, but even if they didn't, I would shoot I'd shoot more of my own family than I do today, but I shoot them quite a, I shoot, it sounds, sounds so weird. Always, I shoot my family. I photograph my family. I photograph our vacations, our trips and stuff like that. So I just, I love doing it. You know, I love the work. I love performing it. I look, I like editing the photo. I like uh, thinking about things differently when I'm in the environment. So my passion comes from the fact that I just love doing it. Um, the fact that people like my work as well, that's just, it's a cherry on the top. Like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not gonna lie. I'm pretty happy about that, but uh um, it's not why I do it. I, I'm sure it's not why a lot of people do it, like including yourself. You know, you you got into this for a reason. It's something drew you to it. You know, um, whether it was looking at photo books uh, as a kid or or as an adult, or picking up a camera that your dad gave you. You know, there's something that's that that that's inside of you pinging out and saying, "This is important for me to do. I need to do this for some reason." Um, came to me late in life. You know, 15 years ago, I was shoot, I think. 38, 40 years old. And I did it for mechanical reasons. You know, I picked up a camera. I was like, ah, this is a cool thing. It's a trinket. And I'm a mechanical engineer, but I, the passion hit me like a ton of bricks when I started taking images. And, uh, you know, there's something in inside of, I, I think photographers that drive them. Hopefully I think other people are, you know, it's a job and, and they're focused more on being successful commercially and, and the social aspects and getting jobs and doing negotiations. And, and they're really good at that side of it. And maybe they put the skill set of photography as a secondary. And I, I heard a podcast right. the other day where it's like, you know, it's really tough to do both well, where you, you understand and you're nurturing the business side of it. And then you're also trying to create a body of work that you're really proud of. And that, that moves you, you know, and, and that being a successful commercial photographer, you know, wedding or, or commercial work or magazine work or whatever, you know, it's, uh, you know, that's, that's work that you're being paid to do to, to either fulfill somebody else's vision or, you know, to, to give images to somebody else. It's not work for yourself, which is why I think it's one of the reasons I don't do it, you know, is I've, I've got a different job that, that, you know, that, that I enjoy doing. I do this for fun. I do this for the drive, uh, inside of me to create something for myself. Uh, and so I, I think I would imagine if photography was my job, personal projects would become incredibly important to me to keep that drive and, and my own personal spirit where it needed to be. Well, to, to that point, so I'll, I'll get my first story out of the way and then we can dissect it and you can potentially tell me where I'm going wrong here. But so as as mentioned, obviously, I, so I do this for a living. I I do photography for a living, and I completely agree with you that quite often you find yourself in a position where you're creating something that maybe um, it's it, you have to consciously generate the passion for because it's not something for you. It's not your vision. You're doing something for someone else, and sometimes that can be harder than people will tell you on YouTube. And that's why everyone that's on YouTube looks like they're having the best time of their life because they're not really doing that. They're just telling. They're telling. You know, there's a lot of photographers on YouTube that they don't sell photography. They sell shit to photographers. So they don't actually have to have a client base. They just have to have photographers that idolize them and 
with social media, it's quite easy to generate that. Um, from my point of view, it's very, very rare that I get the opportunity to do personal work that I can put any amount of um, effort into close to what I'm doing with my actual paid work. And this year obviously has been a complete shit show when it comes to everything. And I decided uh, sort of about a month and a half back, actually since talking to you on our first podcast, that um, I wanted to kind of shoot a couple of things I'd had knocked around in my head for a while and um, get them, kind of externalize them and see what I can do with them. So I put a lot of planning in. I spent a lot of money uh, on film and making sure that I had everything I needed to do the shoot. Hired um, uh, on uh, sort of two separate occasions models. And quite often people wonder why photographers hire models. And the only answer seems to be for most people that the only reason that a model might work with someone is because they're being paid. And as I'm sure you're more than aware that's not the case quite often you know models are willing to work with people with decent portfolios and so on my reason for paying the model regardless of whether they would be interested in working on a collaborative basis or not was that i didn't want to collaborate i didn't want their creative input i didn't want their their idea to be added in the mix of mine i wanted to get out this idea neat as it were and kind of completely get it off my chest the first shoot was a complete shit show. The model paid no attention to what I wanted going into the shoot. So we didn't have anything required to, to get what I wanted done on the day. So that was a complete waste of time. And then going back about a month, we did the second shoot, completely different model. and ended up being a last minute booking because someone else pulled out. I was quite excited because the model's um, got a fantastic look. We do the shoot. I think the sh the images come out well, you know, at, when it's your personal work, you're never really happy, I don't think, but they came out well. And at the end of that, I um, was told by the model that she was going to take about a month off um, from social media for obvious reasons with everything that's gone on this year. I think a lot of people are struggling with social media. And uh, if, if I get the images done to send them over to her so she can have a look because she's curious to see, because obviously with it all being filmed, she can't see anything on the day. Now, at the end of this shoot, after she's been paid, after everything else has happened, we even actually uh, did a podcast, but at the end of this shoot, um, she mentioned that one of the sets that we did was something that she would like to kind of review and see what she thinks of the images, um, just to see if there's any ones in particular from that set she didn't want using. And whilst that's not the point of uh, the shoot, and definitely me being a little bit too nice i was more than happy to agree to that because i felt like that was a a fair request you know i i don't want anyone to feel like there are images out there that they're not happy with to that extent where it would it would you know piss them off to that extent so i was like okay that's fine anyway about a month later she returns to social media and she messages me and i said yep i'm, I'm literally just finishing up the images now here's some sort of proofs to have a look at see what you think and uh she comes back and she says that whole set, which was, I think it was four rolls of film, three or four rolls of film. It was lots of, um, lots of developing because I did all my own developing, all my own scanning, all of the editing done. That whole set had to be next. She didn't want that set to be used because it would breach a contract that she's had for years or had previous to this shoot. Sorry, maybe earlier this year, maybe last year, a commercial um, contract that she'd had. And that the style of shoot that we'd done, and whilst I'm making it sound like it was something lewd, it absolutely wasn't, would be contradictory to this contract that she had known about at the time that we shot. So what I was left with was the sort of linchpin of the whole shoot falls apart because I can't use an entire set, which has cost me an absolute fortune um, to, to photograph and to put together when that knowledge could have been given to me ahead of time and I could have made different decisions on the shoot. The same person then posts low-res proof images on their own Instagram without asking me for consent, without asking me for ones that would have been a, a decent enough size for it to be posted and look half decent. And I was kind of just left in this position where I was like, I've probably dropped um, about 400... 400 pounds, which I guess would be about, I think about 500 American dollars, somewhere in that ballpark. I, I've not bothered to look at the exchange rate for a long time, but 
it's a lot of money either way, especially during a time when um, money's not abundant for people in my field of work. For someone to turn around and just kind of assume that A, they can be paid for some work and then decide whether or not it's used. B, make that decision based on something that they had at hand before you know, some decisions were made. They actually made the situation significantly worse. And C, they were still entitled to use my images, despite the fact that I wasn't entitled to use my images. So that's the situation I found myself in. Horrible. So you're saying she used the images on her own social media feed, even though she told you not to. Yep. That's, uh, how does that work? I don't, I don't understand. I've never had an experience like that. So you're, you're just lucky, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds horrible. (laughs) I mean, to be honest, I mean, I've had shoots that didn't work before, but you know, where you're, you're shooting and it's like, you know, you don't, there's just, you're missing a connection or it's just not, you know, something's not working, you know, and, and those are kind of, uh, you know, they're few and far between, very few and far between, thankfully, but, uh, you know, they can be a bit depressing, but never an experience like you just described. That's, that's absolutely horrible. I mean, as you're doing, you're taking photo, I guess, you know, something that I do as part of my process, I, you know, I, I shoot a lot of Polaroids. Um, and so part of the reason I do that is that as I'm doing work, you know, it's, they have, like you say on film, they have no idea what you're shooting because there's not like that screen to look at. And so showing them a Polaroid, you know, breaking out and taking a Polaroid and then showing them what you're after. And they see that either, you know, well, I guess in that case, hopefully would have, would have given some indication, you know, that, uh, she didn't like what was, you know, the work or, or the direction that, that it was going early on. So I, I don't know, maybe that's, that's a way forward, but, uh, no, I've never had that happen. That's horrible. Sorry. Well, I feel like it's a, it's a byproduct of this culture in, um, model photography in England. And I, I genuinely don't know about America. So you're going to probably have to fill me in here, but there's a, uh, a culture of undercutting and it's got to the point now where I see castings put out on um, places that photographers have castings, you know, from models and, and they put castings out themselves. And those, the, the castings will be a female model wanting to be paid to be given photos. That seems to be the culture. Like we are, we are selling ourselves so short as photographers and there are people that are willing to not only do work for free, which is fine, if that's what they want to do with their time, then that's fine. If there is some other way that they benefit from that, then that's fine. But there are people now that are willing to pay to do work for someone else to then earn money from. Say that one more time. What do you- it's, it's so bad that I'm, I'm going to have to go through it again because it's, it's so confusing. But essentially, okay, so imagine you go on this website. The website is for uh, castings. You can post castings looking for models. Models can post castings looking for photographers and so on. And the castings now will be female models who want to be paid by you for you to produce work for them to have and to make money from. So they'll, they'll resell the photos on top of charging you to take images of them. Yes. And you can't use the images. <laughs> well, I don't know how that works. That's, uh, that's strange. I've not seen that here. It's an English thing, I guess. Yeah, you guys are lucky over there. It sounds like uh, you had the jackpot. <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, I think 95% of my contacts have come from Instagram, you know, and so, and I'm pretty selective about how I, who I choose to work with. And, and again, it's, I, we may have touched on this before, I'm not sure, but, you know, you, you look through the, 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 the model's body of work and it either matches sort of with your vision or your style or, or something resonates with you or it doesn't. And if it doesn't, you just, I, I choose not to work with them. I don't, you know, it's like you say, shooting film is, it's an investment. It's quite expensive. Um, but then even then, you know, you, you, I, we spend quite a bit of time talking online to, to make sure that everybody's uh, in alignment with expectations and, and, and styles and, you know, we'll put together a mood board together. But, you know, you said that this was a personal project to yours and that, and that you hired her because you wanted to make sure that that vision was, was yours and that she, you know, it was, it was your shoot. Right. And so, um, did she see examples of your work before you, uh, before you did the work? Yeah, we'd actually worked together previously, but no examples of what you were after, I guess, for this particular shoot. Yeah. hundred percent. We had not only examples of what I had done in this style, but also wow. a mood a mood board of exact sort of direction in terms of mood and styling. Well, that's crazy. She she goes off the list, I guess, huh? That's 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 horrible. <laughs> I've, I've not encountered that. You just it's bad luck. Don't let it don't let it knock you down though. Don't let it make you stop trying. 
I mean, you mentioned before we got started, though, you did say about how it's an interesting perspective in the sense that, you know, you have another job, you do this for fun and it's an, it's an outlet for you. And then I'm obviously going to be coming in from a completely different perspective because of it's, it's my main earner and it's the, it's the main thing I do for money. So, you know, when it comes to personal work for you, I think like, you know, I don't want to speak, I don't want to speak for you. It's, 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 yeah, it's all personal work for you, but it's also, um, you can put a hundred percent of yourself into it because when, when it comes to that day that you're doing that shoot or when you're putting together the ideas, when you're talking with whoever you're collaborating with, you can put a hundred percent of what you want into it. Whereas I feel like by the time I get to do personal work, I'm already drained from doing other stuff potentially. Yeah, no, I hear you. But what, you know, but maybe you've just had so many bad experiences. I, 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 my own personal experience is when you, you come out of a great shoot, you're just on this crazy high. You know, when I come out of a shoot and I know I've, I've, you know, we've done great stuff together and I'm excited about it. I'm just on this crazy high for a couple of weeks, you know, and going through the images is, is it's a joy. It's uh, I, I share immediately. I mean, the models I work with, they're, they're staggered that, that, uh, you know, we'll go out and shoot in the afternoon and uh, Philly's awesome. He, I, he, I get black and white images starting to show up in my Dropbox folder, uh, usually around 11 o'clock at night. And so I'll go to bed maybe and sleep for an hour or two and then I'll get up and, and jump on board. And I start processing the images and, and I, I I'll talk to the model. I say, do you stay up late? Cause if you do, I'll, send you some examples tonight, you know, around midnight, sometimes like, I have a late owl. So we start sharing this stuff. So there's a level of excitement and it just, it uplifts you. So it's not, for me, it's not draining at all. Um, planning and finding new people to work with. That takes a bit of time thinking about where to go and what to shoot is, um, bad shoots are, are soul sucking. They are, they're absolutely, um, I, I try and flush them out of my system as soon as possible. So I've had, I've had, you know, an experience that was just horrible. And I'm like, I've got to shoot again as fast as I can to get this out of my head, to get this experience out. You know, it was just, it, and it, it, it could be anything, you know, it's like the, the location didn't inspire me. The model was asleep or something or, or, you know, it, it just, <laughs> you know, whatever, you know, but it, you've got to get rid of it. So what I'd say to you is hey, keep, I, I, this is the optimistic American, I guess. Right. But <laughs> get your ass out there, <laughs> go do it again, get a good experience. And you'll, you'll see that it's actually the other way around. It'll feed you. It'll give you more energy. At least it does to me. It's why I do it. I need this because work is exceedingly difficult right now. And I don't have a lot of free time and I got a four-year-old. And so I don't shoot as often as I want to, but when I do, it, it, it really uplifts my spirit in general, you know, so let me let me ask you then, uh, because obviously everyone sees everyone that's followed you, or everyone that's um, seen your work since the last podcast, and thanks to the many people that messaged me about you. Like I said before we started, I'm going to start charging you a fucking admin fee because you seem to be someone that I just I get no end of messages about, which is great because it means that you know I've nudged you in the way of a lot of people's attention. At least I hope. Yeah, my my following has grown. Thank you, I appreciate that a lot. Well, as, as long as people are seeing your work and they're not looking at other potentially not as good work on Instagram, I feel like I've put out a fire. I've done my bit for society. But what does a bad Carl Ferris shoot look like? Obviously, you've just said like the model could be asleep or the location's not working, but that's a very quick way to gloss over what can be a very energy sapping and time draining situation. So you're on a shoot and it's not clicking with you and say the model, they're just not giving you what you want. Are you someone that just calls it to an end? Do you? kind of have a word with them and say that they need to up the energy. What's your, what's your process there? No, I, I don't do any of that. Maybe I'm too passive, you know, but I'll, I'll try and carry through. And a lot of times, you know, sometimes you can turn things around, which is really fun when you can do that. So you've got to, you know, you got to power through and, 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 um, you just keep trying stuff. I always take a, a, a failure like that and I put it on myself. I'm like, what could I have done better? What could I have done to, to make this work? Was it the location? Was it the energy level? How do I turn this around? And so I, I take it as a personal challenge. I'm, I'm not always able to do it, um, but I definitely don't quit. I, I don't tell the, you don't, you, you don't ever tell the model, Hey, this isn't really work. This is, this is crap. This isn't working. You know, when it's working and when it's not, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're taking an image, you look through the lens and there's a connection or, or, um, you're both in a creative place. You're, 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 you know, it's just a feeling, you know, we've all had it, you know, that's that, that connection, that, that, that working together when it's working well, it's just, it's so much fun because you're, you're excited about what you're creating as you're creating it. Cause you can see the images in your mind before, you know, every time you, you click on the shutter button 
And so when you're when you're there and either the you know the background's not right or the lighting's off and not not interesting or you you're, you're maybe it's you you know you, you don't feel like you can compose you're you know you had a late night or not enough coffee that day or whatever else but you're not doing things or the model is just completely out of it you know they're just not present you know then then things go you know it's just not it's not fun you know then it's work and um, you know, you asked me if I, if I quit when that happens and I, I don't, I, you know, I power through it and I, I take it on myself. I'm like, well, how do I turn this around? You know, what do I do to, to get this right? It's, you know, whether it's me or the location of the light or how do I engage, uh, this a bit better. And so, you know, there's techniques I think we all sort of have to, to change things up. Um, so, you know, you, you try and you, you try and take a break, you, you listen to some music, you sit down and talk just for a few minutes. You might go through some images that inspire, you and and you see what resonates with the person you're working with. Uh, you change locations, you change sets, you, you whatever. You just you have to stop and change things up. But I try not to quit. I try to carry through it. And and there's been occasions where I've I've you know taken images and not used any on my Instagram account. It's very very seldom that happens, but you know it does happen. And um, you know, like I say, when when it happens, I I do my best to go out there and shoot as soon as I can again, just to just to have a really really good set that I'm excited about. And then there's there's some sets that are just like you, you feel like you you can't take a bad image because of because just what's happening. You know, I've, I've I, you get in a zone. You work with somebody like you know like Kenna or you know who's just she's amazing. She's incredibly inspiring, um, and she's so creative and and emotive and and. She's, she's just wonderful. She uplifts the entire um, set when, when she's there. And so your job is to find a very interesting location to go through some styling and some ideas and some mood that you're trying to, trying to get through. And then she just, she, you know, like I say, the first model I ever worked with is Josie. And the first time, my first experience looking through the lens and looking the look, looking at her eyes and the, the emotion and the feeling that she was giving me through the lens, just absolutely. I, I remember actually saying, whoa you know, like saying something out loud because I was just blown away by the difference between, you know, a really talented model and shooting somebody uh, sort of, um, you know, street style or, or um, you know, taking a, taking a portrait of somebody, somebody normal who's not used to that acting in front of the camera. So I, I kind of got off there. But yeah, when that happens, you just, I, I try and work through it more. And I, I try and set up more shoots with people that I know are, are going to be excited to work with me. I'm excited to work with them. And, and I just, you just know that, that things are going to go. Okay. You know, and I've, I've got a, a good list of people that I like working with where I know that's going to happen. So kind of that established uh, group of, of talent. So. Well, it seems kind of crazy considering the fact that you're shooting not only film, but also some rather expensive Polaroids that, I guess, you know, from my perspective, I would almost be like, well, I'm just going to get a digital out for this because this feels like it's, it's a bit of a black hole of, of money if I'm not feeling the, the shots as much. And one of the hardest situations to be in, I guess, is like if you're not feeling it, but the model really is feeling it. Like, because you know that they're really excited about the images. And that means you've almost got like a responsibility to, to not only produce, but also to seem like you're as excited when maybe you're not. Yeah. No, I, 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 I haven't had that happen yet, but yeah, I can, I can imagine how tough that would be. This is the trouble with you, Carl, is you just had too much of a good life. I do. I'm very lucky. I'm very lucky to have worked with so many really great people, to be honest, and, and, uh, to have very few bad experiences. So, but, uh, you know, again, I'm, I'm very selective with who I work with and, and I, I look through their profiles and, and like I said, I just sort of vet out that common thread is there, you know, that we sort of have that same thing. And, uh, I've, I've, I've been very lucky. There's no doubt. So, sorry, your luck will turn. It'll turn. <laughs> well, let's get on to my second story on that note. I'm afraid to hear it now. <laughs> well, this one's, this one's not to do with a model. So I guess it's a little bit better. Uh, but essentially, so I've had a couple of conversations with uh, someone who uh, runs a business selling film and uh, they had previously been on the podcast as well. And the conversations were essentially that I, I was starting to look at, you know, I'd passed a couple of milestones in terms of um, listeners. I'm now on iHeartRadio. Uh, the podcast is on Spotify, iTunes. It's all over the place now. Um, and I'm getting, you know, messages from Romania, messages from Australia, places that I've never even thought that that's where this would end up going. 
saying that they listened to it or they liked this episode or they liked that they found this photographer and so on. And I thought it'd be kind of cool to, to get a sponsor in to offset a little bit. You know, there's not m- much in the way of costs. You have to pay for, you know, the aggregating and stuff and the microphones I bought and everything's been bought by me so far. But I thought get a sponsor in, that would be cool. I'd had a couple of offers for brands that I'd never heard of, if I'm completely honest, and I never would have used. So I didn't want to use them because that feels slightly dishonest. And I, I contacted this, this fella and said, you know, I'm getting offers for sponsorship and I'd rather have someone um, who I, I've used. I've, I've been a customer of theirs. It's, you know, they do something that I would be happy representing the, happy representing the podcast. So we, we had a conversation. It was to say the least laborious, um, to have this conversation. It was just very long winded. I had to keep prompting for answers. You know, overall, it was just a very long-winded conversation that never found a resolution. And I genuinely, considering, you know, the fact that I had given them some promotion already and the fact that I had been a, a valued customer, I feel, for, for, a, for a short while with a lot of money, I, I, I was kind of owed a little bit more than just being dismissed out of hand, which is, you know, probably just a little bit of ego on my part in the sense of just not wanting to be treated like I was invisible. When we were having a completely cordial conversation, I'm fine with no's. I'm not not as good with being ignored, I guess. So um, anyway, uh, this week in a completely non-photography related um, freak out over the fact that the uh, coverage of the football I was watching had cut out, I went onto Twitter where you usually find out stuff quicker than you find it out from the news. And I don't go on Twitter very often because I don't tend to want to just shout into an empty room very much. And that seems to be what Twitter's for. And I see one of my images being used as a, an advertisement. And I was like, okay, that's, that's kind of, that, you know, that's kind of fucked up. What's this? And I follow it and find out that it's uh, this guy's film selling company using my images for blog posts, using it to advertise films. And then uh, since then, I've had people message me about how they've appeared in YouTube videos and uh, in other spots. And I think that's kind of where I, I kind of just, after the year that I've had, I just felt like, you know what, for a company that is relying on photographers to generate income, for them to exist, they are relying on photographers. That's a really shitty thing to do, to take images without proper accreditation, without permission, and use them for your own monetary gain. And that's the same person that can't be bothered to reply to me in, in a message uh, chain that we were having previously. And I don't know, I just kind of, I kind of have reached that point where I just feel like, you know, is photography actually valued or is photography just commercially valued in the sense of like, everybody's just a wallet. People aren't actually photographers. Yeah. You know, that, first of all, that sucks. Again, I'm sorry. You you seem to be attracting the right kind of people. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty horrible. Those are two, two terrible stories. Um, yeah, surround yourself by, by good people, you know, and, and I'm, for, I'm a believer in karma, you know, <laughs> it's like when, when people do shitty things, shitty things happen to them. When you do good things, you know, good things happen to you. And I know that's, that's very Mary Poppins of me or whatever. Um, but, um, you know, I try not to let those things upset me too much because you just can't, you can't prevent people from doing bad or stupid things. And you can let it eat you up and destroy your, your, uh, your spirit on some things, or you can just let it roll off and say, you know, screw it and focus on your own success and what makes you happy and what makes you, what makes you, you know, get out of bed in the morning and, and find other people that, that, you know, are like-minded that cheer you up, you know? So when you get pissed off or depressed, you know, find, find somebody that, that can, can help you roll off that and get to somewhere better, you know, focusing on, focusing on negative things in general you know, for me at least is, is an easy way to destroy, um, destroy spirit, destroy, you know, just life, you know, like living every day. I've been mad at some things that are happening in other parts of my life and it's, it's soul sucking. It's terrible. And I I try and get out of it. You know, I'm trying to get to a, a neutral place where, where, you know, I can forget about that. Think about, you know, I, I let those things affect me. You know, I've, that's my choice to let those things bother me. And I can either let them just roll off my back or I can go after him aggressively, which is going to take a bunch of negative energy. I can just say, you know, does it really matter? Does it really matter to me? Am I, am I going to teach them something? Are they going to change? You know? So you, of course you reach out to them and say, Hey, this isn't right or whatever else, but I don't spend a crazy amount of time trying to fix that stuff. 
because it's just, it's just energy. You never get back. You funnel that energy back into creating more stuff and being who you are and getting better. And, you know, hopefully at some point you're where you want to be with whatever that is. And, and you look back at those petty, stupid, soul sucking people that, that could have affected you and taken you down, you know, a bad path or just a path where you weren't creating something that you were happy with. You know, they, they can take you off that. Don't let them take you off that. So it's not worth it. It's, it's not worth getting pissed about, honestly. If we were to approach this from a, a neutral point of view, obviously I'm I'm not neutral in the sense, but I don't mean this particular scenario, but I just mean diagnosing perhaps the problem of photography losing its its value in, in a sense, in terms of the skill set, in terms of whatever yeah. they price themselves at and so on. If we were to kind of diagnose this from from a, a more sort of distant perspective, if we were to look at this as a general scene, what do you feel like is a bigger contributing factor? Would it be something like, you know, everybody has a camera, therefore, you know, photographers become, I don't know what the Americanism for this, but they become ten a penny? Is it the fact that... <laughs> Is it the fact that, you know, everyone's, everyone's got a phone on them. So, you know, photographs themselves have become incredibly disposable. Is it the fact that social media creates uh, an almost um, anti-meritocracy where we're focused so much on, you know, the numbers of, you know, followers or likes or whatever, as opposed to the actual standard of the work that we're seeing and we don't care how those likes appear. They just count because, that, you know, somehow that validates someone more than someone else. What's the contributing factor? I mean, one thing I'd say in England is that it does feel like the tide of, if you, especially if you're in model photography, the tide of um, photographers owing something to the model in everything that they do, that they are constantly in, in you know, ownership of, of the model that they're working with. That seems to be a contributing factor on that particular genre. But just overall, it just feels like the value of being a photographer is dropping. And I'm trying to think what the most sort of significant contributing factor is well i mean there's it's like anything else you know, rule of numbers if, if there's you know if you look back in the 60s and there were x number of photographers and today there's you know x times x times x exponential number of photographers because the the medium is easier it's easier to spread stuff around i mean there's so much noise now there's so much there's so many images created every minute every second and and there's so much on social media you get lost even, even a great image from from somebody you know really established just gets lost in noise, you know, and people flick through it in, in a millisecond and, and they like it on Instagram for a millisecond. It gives attention and then it's gone typically, you know? And so it's, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a bit disheartening. Um, uh, a lot of contributing factors. I think it's probably going to get worse. I think it's also a reason why people are getting attracted to film, you know, is that it's a bit different. It is a bit more difficult. It's a lot more physical, you know, it's less immediate. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, I think the fact that things are so easy now with everything else that, that film photography has gotten just incredibly popular because people don't want it to be that easy, you know? And, and so the, the community is really strong. It's growing. Um, it's still very niche, I know, but, uh, um, yeah, it's part of the reason I enjoy it so much. So, and hopefully, you know, I, I, th I think the work stands out a bit different, you know, there's stuff, stuff you can do with medium format cameras. You just can't get out of a digital camera, but it's, it's sort of like the, you know, like if sort of like TVs, you know, I mean, there are very few people who are going to see the difference between a $300 LCD and a $5,000 plasma display. Mm -hmm. And, and so the $5,000 plasma displays disappeared because there wasn't a market for it because only 10% of the people in the whole world cared or saw a difference. And, and I think it's the same thing with photography where, you know, that 10% of the world who really, really enjoys and, and likes art is going to see the difference and value that. And, and what I'd say is on the model side of things, you know, they're probably inundated by a million photographers who, who think they're photographers who are on a journey and they've got a passion, but maybe not as much skill. And so they're, I think, I think when you're more established, when you, when you get uh, to a level of um, where, you know, people really like your work and they, they want to work with you. I think things change a bit. So I've, I've been very lucky that people like my work enough that, that I've, I've got a, um, a pretty good network of, of talented people that, that want to work with me. So I'm very lucky that way. Um, but it didn't start that way. You know, when I look at my stuff five years ago and I was like, wow, that's really, or 10 years ago, I was like, whew, that's, that's really interesting. I, I saw a picture I'd taken my, my brother and I was, it almost looked like an HDR photo taken with a Sony where I was like, <laughs> I was pulling all this detail out of the sky and out of the noise. And it was, it was so digitally processed. And I looked at it, I'm like, oh my God, I did that. That was horrible. What was I thinking? And, um, 
and it was like six, seven years ago. So, you know, it's like, um, I feel like what I'm doing now, I'm hoping that this style sticks forever. I think this is, I found, I found out, I found out who I am and what I really wanted to do finally, which is good. I'm, I'm sort of happy with what I'm shooting happier, you know, um, at least the style wise, but, um, I, yeah, I think I consider it from their side. They're probably being hounded by a million photographers who want to be, and, and they don't know you from them, Chris, you know, so they don't, they don't know you're, you're more established or maybe they're not spending time looking at your work or, you know, maybe there's, there's a divergence in need, but, uh, it's supply and demand, you know, when there's a yeah, thousand photographers and, and, and 15 or 20 really talented models in, in a certain area, um, it's just supply and demand. Well, I feel like this is the one place where this kind of modern uh, cultural movement towards, I don't know the non-dickish word for this, but like wokeness, this this cultural movement towards like plus size models and uh, more of an open directive for what a model can be, I guess, is where it's going to be interesting thing because as the the admittance to being a model, I guess, changes over the course of the current cultural movement and the more people that feel empowered into moving into that side of things that will increase mm. the numbers that are working in modeling. I don't know. It's just, it's a very interesting thing to see overall. I think with, with regards to the tide of photographers to models in England. And again, I can't speak for America. I've only done one. I've done two shoots in America and they were both in New York and they were, that was like a bucket list thing more than the actual photos were important. It was just shooting in Manhattan that felt pretty cool. It's on my list too. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it was a cool experience, but like from the English side of things, you know, when a photographer over here wants to be popular, especially popular with models, you know, the easiest route is to, is to give them more. So you start off with the, the completely, you know, the opposite end of the scale where photographers who absolutely wouldn't pay a model, if they're not doing a commercial job, then they might be being paid by the model to produce the portfolio or whatever. And then you work your way all the way through. And, and essentially it feels like, as opposed to from the model side back, that photographers are very quick to cut each other's throats to be the next person that's popular or the next person that's, you know, getting the opportunity to work with certain people or whatever. And they're willing to like, well, okay, I'll, I'll pay you and I'll give you images you know, is, is such a ridiculous setup to, to be in where you're paying someone to do work for them. But that's come about from the point of view of like, well, that person will only do it for pay. I'll do it for free. And then that works down to, okay, well, I'll do it for free, but also I'll, you know, I'll pay for your travel or I'll pay for this or I'll pay for that. And then that works down to the next thing and the next thing. And eventually it snowballs into this situation where like, the expectation at standard is that the money goes in one direction and in fact, the product has to go in the same direction as well. So, you know, again, if your work stands out enough that they just have a desire to work with you, all that goes out the window. So either be different enough or have something that's really appealing to them where they're like, Oh my God, I got to work with Chris Carl. You know, I mean, I've had, I've got, uh, I've, 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 I was working with, um, with Arbany this, this last weekend and, uh, you know, oftentimes I'll go through people's work that I really like. And so I showed her, uh, my friend's work, uh, Chase Hart, he's my Friday films. I, I love his stuff. And, uh, she's like, Oh my God, I'd love to work with him. So right away, I'm, you're like, I lost her. <laughs> she's, she's going to convert over now. And as soon as Chase moves to town or comes visits, he's going to, uh, so, but you know, it's, that's sort of the reaction that you, you're hoping that you have as well, where somebody shows you, somebody shows a model your work and they're like, oh my God, I, I have to work with that person because something resonates with me. So, um, you know, uh, it, I, I think it comes, it's all, you know, so I, I reached out to a model this, this over the holidays. It's somebody who's, uh, she's got a huge following. She's almost near a million followers. She's from Houston. Um, she lives in New York and Paris. She travels around. She's a pro she's, and she's amazing. Um, and she, I, I know from watching her posts and her stories, she likes working with, uh, you know, this, this one film photographer and he's, he's, he's got about the same number of followers I do as well. And so I thought I re reached out to her in direct message. Like, and I, I sent her, you know, three or four messages and sort of, you know, this is what I was I was thinking this is the type of work I do. And then the last one was like, here's the best bakery in town. So if you decide to ignore the, the entire thread, if nothing else, this bakery downtown is the best one in Houston now. So go visit it. Yeah. Cause she's, she lives in Paris now, but yeah, she didn't reach out. 
back to me. And, and that happens all the time. It happens all the time. And it's just, it's just the more established you are either as a photographer or as a model, the more choice you have, the more sort of power you have in a relationship. You know, that's just a given. So if you've got 200,000 followers or, or, you know, you're Ryan Muirhead and everybody, every, I mean, everybody's dying to work with Ryan Muirhead, of course, or Jan Schultz, because they're amazing photographers. They've got huge followings and people know who they are and their, their body work is insane. And so, so yeah, people come out of the woodwork to work with those guys. And, and, but on the flip side, you know, if a model is, you know, is, is that same level or, or higher than, than, you know, they, they've got all the power in the relationship. So I don't, I, I, I don't, I've not paid for a model yet. Um, and, but I, I don't charge them either because that's, this is, you know, for me, it's, it's fun and we're creating something together. But when I go to New York, uh, I've got a list of six or seven people that I'd love to work with. And I know I would have to pay again, cause they've got, they've got huge followings and they've got huge reputations in New York. You know, it's, it's one of the capitals of all this type of stuff. And, and these are, you know, these, these, these models are just, they're insane. The other thing to think about is that, you know, um, you don't have to work with models here. You work with normal people or somebody who's, there's a lot of people who don't fall into that quote unquote model category who are very interesting to photograph. Um, and so I had, I had, I got reached out by email just uh, two weeks ago. And I don't know if he's going to listen to this or not, but like he's the, it was, it was a guy that works at NASA. He's the, uh, the head of jet propulsion <laughs> at NASA. He's like, Hey, you know, would you, would you be interested in taking the portfolio shots or port, uh, portrait shots of me and, and, We'll shoot them at NASA where there's all this great stuff. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. Let's, let's do that. So unfortunately with COVID, I can't, he can't get me in right now, but you know, whenever this comes up, that's going to be the first thing I do. I'm like, this is, that's going to be fun. I want to start doing more of that, I guess. So I, you know, for me, shooting interesting pictures, models were easy because they want to be photographed. They want to be in front of the camera. They're used to it, but really I'm starting to look at other areas that are interesting. So artists, musicians, uh, actors, uh, you know, interesting people, the guy, the guy who develops my film, uh, uh, Philippe, he, um, he's a great portrait photographer and, and he's, he's, he's getting me sort of more interested in taking images of people who are, you know, interested, do interesting things outside of just modeling. And so I, I, you caught me rambling. I'm sorry. Um, no, sort I like of a ramble. some of the stuff I've been thinking about, but I, I'm super excited to go to mass now and shoot the, and photograph this guy in this place. Um, I, I think it's, and I, I want to do more of that, you know, not that I don't really enjoy the modeling stuff, the model shoots as well, but, uh, and I've got a couple ideas for projects next year, but going back to it, karma, <laughs> you know, don't let it get you down. Keep at it. Do what you love. Well, the karma argument leaves me in one of two positions. Either I've been uh, long overdue for uh, something to come back my way in a positive sense, or I was just a complete dick about five years ago and I'm currently being handed quite a lot of receipts i i'm i'm pretty sure it's possible for it to be both ways so i guess i should just uh accept it and and roll with it um this is obviously an extremely difficult thing i've 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 spent most of the podcast uh being uh, an arbiter for other people so for me to put myself out on some of the stuff that's been pissing me off is is a bit unusual for this and i feel like i should have i should have picked my opponent better you're far too positive and you've had a good life i should have pick someone that was really down on their luck and I could have built myself back up off of their back quite easily. You spoke just there about some projects that you've got coming up. I'm going to keep pressuring you about this. I'm going to keep annoying you. What, what's going on with this book? Where's this book? When are you going to bring out the book? <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure what I'm going to make into a book just yet. I'm, I'm, I've got, I've got an idea to make the Polaroids out of one because I've got just this great stack of stuff. And I, I, I like the look. One of my favorite books that, uh, Brian Sakul, you, you interviewed him recently and he's, he's, he's right. you know, he's fantastic. And so he put me out of this, this book and I'll, I'll dig up the name and send it to you, but it's just amazing. But I, I want to do a Polaroid book. Um, and then, yeah, I need to maybe take one or two of my sets in black and white and maybe turn it into a little zine at least, you know, and see if it takes off. But, you know, it's, I've got, I've got a really small, small following. I, I don't know who would want to buy the book. <laughs> so I, I think I'd do it just uh, more or less just to get through the experience of doing it. Cause I think it takes a lot of skill to, to, to edit, to put photos that make sense together. Um, I've, I've seen, um, I've seen some other people do a really good job of it. There's a, there's a friend of mine, Wesley, I don't even know his last name for real. Oh, it's, I can't even pronounce it. It's uh, <laughs> Ver, Verhove, Verhove. 
<laughs> and he's, I'm, I'm watching him put together a book and, and it's, he's just, he's gone from like a hundred thousand images down to 10,000, down to 2000, down to a couple hundred and he's laying them out. And it's just this incredible process. And he's doing a phenomenal job of it. And, uh, he's got a, you know, he's got a great body of work and he's a, he's a tremendous photographer. So I'm, I feel like I need to push myself to go through that process. I'm just being lazy at this point. And, uh, I, I don't feel like I have enough content. Uh, or big enough following that anybody would care if I did one. So I think I think you might be the only one to buy the book. I would honestly say, judging from the DMs I get on Instagram and some of the emails I've had, some of the YouTube comments and so on, that's not going to be the case. Uh, if people <laughs> harass you for the book as much as they harass me for information about you, then uh, I think you'll probably do just fine. I think you know your the idea of your following numbers is probably a little bit uh, misleading, and you know, like you said, you've had some pretty decent growth this year in that sense. So there's no reason why that won't be a continuing trend. But I, I don't see I don't see how having to have a million followers to release a book makes any sense. I feel like it would be just be a really good use of the work that you're doing. It would be a great way to kind of archive it and. There's plenty of people out there that would, I'm positive, would definitely buy it. And if I'm wrong, then I'll buy all the remaining copies. <laughs> but don't hold me to that. No. no I, I think it'd be a good process for me to go through. I, I do. I, I enjoy printing the work. I like seeing it actually printed and touching it and holding it and, and just looking at it in my hands and seeing the depth in the paper and that type of thing. I really miss, I really, really miss printing in the lab, you know, actually chemically printing, you know, printing with the, with, in the darkroom. Um, and I, I've, I've got a friend who's doing that in town and I might actually bring him a couple negatives to do. So he shoots, uh, he shoots mostly cars in film with a Hasselblad. He does a great job, but, uh, yeah, I, I do enjoy printing. So maybe I would enjoy the process of putting together a book. Keep pushing me. I'll, I'll, I'll I'm going to, I'm going to keep pushing you. I'm going to bully you on this subject because it's, uh, <laughs> it's fairly important that I, I get my way on it. Um, one way or the other, <laughs> obviously this hasn't been the most, and it's entirely my fault, the most positive experience in terms of me not bringing forward all of these wonderful stories of all of these fantastic conquests I've had. Um, but I just, I generally feel like um, there's a lot of stuff that goes on with what seems to be predominantly uh, a male field, although not obviously entirely, that there's a lot of stuff that people where they're so focused generally on looking great and, and having no issues, especially when it comes to social media, looking like the, the everything's, everything's going rosy and that they have no real hiccups in life and everything's a success story that, it's important that people do sort of, you know, perhaps feel a bit more comfortable with saying that stuff's not going their way or that something's yeah. you know, upset them or got them down. And, and that's kind of what I was going for here was just more a case of saying, you know, there's, to me, I, I'm worried that there's a trend that photography is being kind of neglected in the sense of, it's not heart surgery at the end of the day. It's not that, that level of importance, but also people that are working as photographers, people that are producing photographs like yourself that are really inspiring it would just be nice to see people be more positive about that and more uplifting as opposed to what seems to be in my current experience sort of the other way around no i, I couldn't agree more you know and and i've i've got uh I've, I've, you know friends know that that ballerina who's she's phenomenal and she talks about how you know it's a lot of people will think well it's, it's just ballet you know if that went by the wayside or was if it went dead you know it would anybody really, you know, be terribly bothered? And it's like, yeah, of course they would. It's, it's horrible to even think that. I mean, the arts are really incredibly important to, to the world, you know, and keeping spirit up and making people happy and making people think, you know? And so, you know, the fact that, uh, you know, the, the pandemic and all that stuff has shut down a lot of those things. I mean, they, they're not performing right now because they can't, of course, they're still practicing and, and they're doing things on video, but it's not the same, you know, not nearly the same. And so, you know, seeing that close down and, and, and really, um, threatening the existence of some of these things that, that, you know, the world needs, you know, the world needs art, the world needs photographers, they meet painters and, 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 uh, opera and, and ballet and the rest of it. I think it's just, it, it, mo it moves people, you know? It, and so I, I don't think, well, I, it's been, it's been tough. I know it's been a shitty year too. So it's affected all of us. We're less affected in, Houston a little bit, you know, I think due to reg, we don't have the same strict restrictions you guys have there. So I've been less affected than other people, but I see it, you know, friends in LA, friends in San Francisco where things are locked down and things are a lot worse and a lot deeper. Um, 
I feel for all of it, you know, and I'm stir crazy too. My wife can't get me out of the house fast enough. You know, it's like, can you go to work today? Pretty please. <laughs> Nobody else is in the office. I'll pay you money. If you just leave, <laughs> she started hearing me uh, get, get uh, heated uh, during work. Sometimes she's like, you're not very nice at work. You know, <laughs> I try, I try. So yeah, it's, we're, we're all frustrated. I'm, I'm trying to, trying to keep you happy, trying to get you uplifted, man. Well, I just feel like, you know, you said, you said it there, it's been a hard year for everybody. I think a lot of the stuff that we've kind of uh, dismissed as being not necessary. I mean, we had this unbelievable moment in England where the government decided to release a, an ad campaign basically saying it was actually a ballerina that they were using as an example. And they, they took someone's uh, photo to do it and basically said, if you're working in the arts, maybe now's the time to retrain in something else. And I mean, that just, that kicked everyone in the teeth at a time when, you know, people that had already had their livelihoods taken away from them or even just something that gave them a release from their livelihood, something that gave them a release from their, their day-to-day life that was their escape to get kind of diminished to that extent. I think that was like the, uh, the icing on the turd cake for a lot of creatives in England. And, um, it became something of a meme around the world. It's so hard to make a living in the arts anyway, you know, and then you stack this on top of it. I can't imagine. So I've, maybe that's the reason I'm so happy is that, well, I'm, I'm happy in general, but is that I, I've still got a really good job. I'm in a very technical field. And so I'm, my job secure, at least I hope. <laughs> and uh, I haven't had that stress that, that all of you guys have had in the arts that, you know, count on this for a living. So, so yeah, I'm, my cheery demeanor is probably due to that. So I, you know, I'm sorry. I, I, hopefully this kicks around fast. I've, I've heard some people at work in there. They've got uh, wives or husbands that are in the, uh, in, you know, first line at, at hospitals and they're already getting vaccines here in Houston. So that's cool. That's awesome. Hopefully the end is in sight. I hope so. I really do. Right. Well, you know, we've done this before, but again, for the, for the remaining few people that haven't messaged me to talk about you, let's, let's give them, uh, your Instagram, your website, and so on. The, the website needs to be sorted out, my friend. You need to get that website nice and up to date. You've got literally hundreds of photos that I go on your secret website to <laughs> to fawn over every time I'm explaining your work to someone. You you need to you need to get the you need to get all this work out there. You, know, you need to push yourself. Maybe take some of the anger you have from work and put it into uh, getting that book sorted and getting that website sorted, and everyone will be. Everyone will be buying the book then. So where can everyone find your work? Uh, well, so my website, which is pathetic, is uh, like you say, and that, it, it is. I haven't touched it or, or made it. It's just carlferris.com, C-A-R-L-F-E-H-R-E-S. No idea where the spelling came from. And then the Instagram account, which is really, that's I, I post pretty much every day, once a day, at least. And it's uh, Carl Ferris, just my first and last name. So C-A-R-L-F-E-H-R-E-S. Always an honor to talk to you, my friend. Always an honor. You too. You too, Chris.